Welcome to Season 5, Episode 9 of the Family Travel Australia Podcast. We are Paul, Katie and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Yes, welcome to the Family Travel Podcast where we share the latest in RV industry news, road trip travel, camping and caravanning, product reviews, where to go, what to do, what to see and so much more. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you indeed. This week we continue our east coast of Tasmania adventure with the short yet sensational road trip from Bishano to the Bay of Fires, including the Lobster Shack, a blowhole, Devils in the Dark, Tassie's most spectacular waterfall, robotic cows, mountain bikes, the famous orange granite boulders of the Bay of Fires, and some awesome off-grid free campgrounds. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Jam-packed. I tell you what, we're also going to be discussing and following up on the major weather event that is happening over there on the mainland, the Big Island. Mm -hmm. Wowzers. Okay, we hope you're staying safe is the main thing and dry. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's get into it. Now, only 93 kilometres coastal drive, but gee, it is jam-packed with places to see and things to do. Amazing. Yes, look, this east coast of Tasmania sure is beautiful and will certainly not disappoint you no matter what stretch you do. We have broken ours up, as you know, into two separate road trips, tackling the southern east coast first and now making our way further north. Mm. And it really is beautiful. And as you said, Paul, there is so much to do. Of course, we pick and choose what we can to fit into our weekly road trip to bring to you, but there is so much more. I think that a two-week stint in Tassie, if you were already thinking, well, the East Coast is where I want to go, it is incredibly popular. Mm-hmm. I think a two-week stint basically from Devonport to Hobart would be the right amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. And you could just meander your way down or up, whichever way you chose mm-hmm. to do it. Really take your time and find those hidden gems. Something that really stood out to me was the number of free camps available along this East Coast stretch, whether that's right on mm. the coast along the beaches or whether that is further back inland into some of those beautiful country towns. So If the idea of free camping your way across the East Coast is appealing to you, then I think that would be a sensational road trip. You're you're spot on. I think a lot to learn and to really take from Tassie back to the mainland Mm. for, you know, the free camp and the national parks and the way they do things in other states. Absolutely. They, they, They do get it right a lot of the time, but Tassie nails it. Yeah, they're really set up for people to get out, immerse themselves in the environment and really make use of these stunning locations. Okay, and just a quick uh, little disclaimer here. Quite often we'll talk about the free camps in Tasmania that are located within a national park. That does mean that you require a national parks pass. You can get annual passes. Mm. We're on a two-month holiday vehicle pass. So, yeah, as long as you've got that in place... Ours was $80 for two months. I actually think the the annual fee is not much higher than that. So if you knew you were going to be here for an extended period of time, 
just get the the annual fee. Oh, definitely. Mm. And I think we mentioned it in last week's podcast, you really can see where that money goes when you visit these national parks because they are so beautifully maintained Mm -hmm. and the infrastructure is incredible. So well worth it. Yeah, I think that the Tasmanian tourism realises that the number one reason why people come to Tasmania is because of their natural assets. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you only have to walk a few steps and you fall over a natural asset here in Tassie, so. I, I do it in the van all the time, babe. <laughs> I mean, look at me. What a lucky guy. I got told through a YouTube comment, and thank you if you're out there listening, that I'm. it said, is it just me or is this guy obviously punching above his weight? I was like... <laughs> What's what your reply to that? I put, you You are correct. <laughs> we right. get all sorts of weird and wonderful comments and we thank each of you for them. <laughs> okay, back to what we're actually here mm-hmm. to talk about. Let's start our adventure at Bicheno. Oh, yes, Bicheno. Mm. This town, I really love this coastal town and it's located, look, approximately halfway on the East Coast. So mm-hmm. it's a good midway point. We made our way up to Freycinet National Park last week. So Bish and I just a hop, skip and a jump a little bit further. I think literally it's like a 25-minute drive from Bish and I down into Freycinet National Park. So mm-hmm. you could very easily day trip from this beautiful coastal little town. We lucked out with the weather. We just had some of the best weather that we had the entire time we were on the East Coast while we were in Bishanoe. So it really turned it on for us in terms of the colour of the water, yeah. that white, unbelievably white, perfect sand of its beaches. Bishanoe does have some very good surf beaches. So mm-hmm. the surfers were all out there, you know, waiting for the next wave to roll on in. The sun was shining. Paul's drone shots really showed off just how beautiful this little coastal town is. And it's not overly large. We stayed at the East Coast Caravan Park in Bishanoe. You could walk basically anywhere. You could walk to the beach. You could walk down to the local IGA. There's a number of restaurants and cafes Mm -hmm. as well. So it really is a good spot to get out and explore this particular midway point. Yes. Look, the Caravan Park is... Just a standard park. I mean, it's everything you'd expect. Mm-hmm. The grounds are well maintained. The sites are a little tight to get into if you've got a larger rig. Mm. But they are generally all green, lush grass. True. And their laundry mat has a, a slogan or a title that says, loads of fun. It's <laughs> <laughs> good dad joke there. Yes, which is interesting because I'm wondering how many dads would actually frequent <laughs> The laundry. Anywho. Oh, gosh. Jasper goes, ah, right. Yeah, I get it. Mm, That old chestnut. Yeah, he wasn't even impressed. Anyways, uh, yes, and there is a rec room. And again, it's, you know, within five minutes walk Mm. to the beach. And it's perched kind of elevated position. So you can look back to the ocean, which is pretty cool. Yeah. All right. The natural asset in Bishano, besides its coastline, is the blowhole. Oh, yeah. This was really cool, actually, on the foreshore. And, of course, Bishano, I think, is really where you get your very first experience with these granite boulders on the beach, on the coastline, Mm -hmm. that the 
East Coast is so famously known for. And Bishno really is that first, uh uh-huh, okay, all right, yeah, this is what we can expect as we travel up the East Coast. The The blowhole was very cool. You can literally walk right out to the blowhole. And I've been doing a lot of reading about this compiling the information for our road trip itineraries that are available to download for free or for the ebook. Sneaky little plug in there. Just a a little bit of money for the fully comprehensive ebook. But I do lots of research to make sure that I can put really good information in that ebook. And the blowhole, of course, so interesting. Millions of years in the making. I mean, it's pretty amazing that the water can erode away the sea cave underneath these granite boulders, which of course then creates the pressure as the swell rolls in. Mm. What I love about the blowhole is that it wouldn't matter what time of day you visited. It wouldn't matter if the swell was small, if the swell was massive, of course. If you go on a wild day, then you can expect the blowhole to be blowing really well. But we had a really good show, of course, being sensible, having your common sense in place when you visit these sorts of places is very important. I find it interesting that when you do go to these places that require common sense that it sometimes not very common, is it? Well, no, it's not. And generally, (laughs) there's not a lot of uh, sort of safety stuff around for for places like this. So um, common sense can go out the window. But look, we loved it. We loved standing there watching the waves shoot up through this blowhole. We saw plenty of people who were standing a whole lot closer than we were, getting themselves nice and drenched by the water. But lots of natural beauty that Bishnoi has. Another really outstanding part of the coastline here is Diamond Head. Mm, oh my goodness. It is Spectacular. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And this is actually a nature reserve, I believe. You can walk out to the island on low tide across the sand cay. Again, the drone footage is just spectacular. It was a perler of a day. Mm. That beautiful white sand, that beautiful crystal clear blue water. Um, but just makes this coastline so unique. Look, the other part of the coastline, if you're looking for uh, a famous foodie institution <laughs> along the East Coast, is the Lobster Shack. We ducked in there. Now, I know it's called the Lobster Shack, but we didn't actually have any lobster. No, we didn't. And look, again, this is a a local's favourite, another Tasmanian institution when it comes to fresh seafood. And again, a great story of this family business. Now, they'd always been in the business of catching fresh seafood and then they decided we really want to bring that ocean to plate experience for people and so they created this second part of the business which is the Lobster Shack where you can go and sit in probably one of the best locations on the East Coast, look out over the water, over the gulch in Bishano, enjoy some seriously fresh seafood. I mean, literally you can see where they pull the boat in with the seafood. Um, I tried something very unusual for me. I tried the seafood chowder and it was amazing. So good. I know. It's it's interesting, isn't it? There's these meals that through your life you think, mm, I'm not, not 100% convinced whether I'd like that or not. Mm. And that was one for me. Same for me, and it was fantastic. It was so good, and especially on a cold Tassie day, ooh, oh, warm yeah. up the insides. And I only had that cheesy garlic bread yes. with it. I had the Blue Eye Trevally. Mm. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay. So good. There you go. Lobster shack. Yeah. We can't vouch for the lobster though, but the rest of the seafood offer was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they even give the kids little spray squirty guns so that you can watch the kids fire at the seagulls. Which makes it more enjoyable for everyone. Absolutely. Jasper loved that. He's been <laughs> hassling me to buy him his own spray bottle he ever has. since. Oh, gosh. Okay. We're going to finish up here at Bichino with the nature world. It is a sanctuary set again on the coastline, only about five kilometers north of Bichino. And they have a night experience that is incredibly unique, something that even with our wildlife backgrounds, we'd never seen this kind of uh, experience offered. It was called Devils in the Dark, where you are basically met by Steve, who is the manager and operator here at the park. He drives you into the park and the gates open and it's completely dark and he's got his lights on low beam and there's animals jumping all around. And I mean, it's it's quite exciting. You feel like you're you're going into like something from a Jurassic Park movie, you know. It was a without little, the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a little bit like that with the Paddy Melons instead yeah. of the dinosaurs. <laughs> but it, it was exciting from the get go again because it stuck. I mean, this experience for us didn't start until nine o'clock, nine PM. Mm-hmm. And look, whilst they recommend maybe don't take really young children. Jasper actually really enjoyed this experience. You basically get driven by Steve down deep within nature world to a purpose-built hide. Now, Mm. this hide predominantly is there for research so that they can actually study the Tasmanian devils and learn as much as they can about them. And then I guess – one day Steve just had the brainchild, well, look, if we're enjoying this, wouldn't it be cool to let other people come in and see what these devils do at night time? Mm. Because generally, nobody is ever going to have this experience. I mean, you're not just going to trundle out into the middle of the bush in the middle of the night and get to see devil behaviour. So to be able to come into this purpose-built hide, It was great. High bench seatings. It was all curtained off at the start. We even got a glass of wine each, so that was a bonus. And then Steve raises the curtains and out come the devils. So there was nothing. They weren't placed there. They came of their own accord. Their numbers vary each night depending on who's hungry, I suppose. There was a uh, full-size possum available for them. Yeah, absolutely. Which is is kind of anchored down. And because there's like – I mean, we had like five devils show up. You you never really know how many Mm. you're going to see. They kind of engulf this, uh, you know, deceased possum. And so it wasn't that bloody and gory and – I don't know. At first I was like, here we go. This would be interesting. Uh, But it actually was amazing. I I was Mm. surprised at how much I enjoyed this experience. Mm. It it wasn't a live feed. Obviously, that's illegal in Australia. So it was um, incredibly well done. And it didn't matter whether you had flash photography or lights or they didn't care. They were just absolutely munging down on this posse. Oh, yeah, they were they were super happy enjoying mm. their dinner. And look, as far as Jasper goes, there was a couple of moments that he said to me, what are they eating? And so we went through that process of, okay, well, this is what it is and this is how they survive in the wild and these are the types of animals that they are. And once he really understood that, then he was fine. It, mm. it didn't um, – certainly didn't upset him at all. Look, if you were really – 
young than possibly it could because there are moments. But I tell you what, they devoured that possum so quickly and we basically got to sit and watch Amazing. that entire process. And then my favourite part of this experience was watching – and they were girls. They were all the girl devils watching them clean up afterwards and they were so damn cute and displaying behaviour that even with our wildlife backgrounds – we had never seen before. And so it was really lovely then to just watch them do their thing after their meal and then one would scurry off and a couple would stick around. So a very cool, very unique Unique. experience. Yes, put it on your list. And again, yeah, not one for the younger ones. No. Okay, we're going to head off from Ambitiono to White Sands. Uh, This was, again, an unexpected surprise in the YouTube video this week, I said, you know, what's the 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 way to have a successful business like this? Offer free camping and build a brewery <laughs> in a stunning location. And that's exactly what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there was a consistent flow of people, whether they were campers or customers, coming into White Sands, which uh, is also resort-style accommodation. Uh, Then they do have their Brewhouse Cafe on site. They have their Iron House Brewery on site. And then they've opened up the front paddock area, basically for self-contained RVs to come in. Now, we kind of eeny meeny mowed this. When we were looking for a free camp along mm. the East Coast, we had plenty of suggestions from locals. Oh, you've got to stay here, go there, do this. We eeny meeny mowed it. I really personally liked the idea of uh, having a brewery, you know, on site and something a little unique. So we rocked in here, found a great site, Ocean Views. Thank you very much. Awesome. Free as in don't need to pay. Don't even need to go down into the cafe, but look, we always like to do that as a way to support these people mm-hmm. for when we are staying at a free camp like this. Look, you do need to be fully self-contained as in having your own bathroom facilities. They do not allow tent camping, although we did see a couple of rooftop tent campers whom we presume had their little portable bathroom facilities with them. And no dogs, unfortunately, at mm. this campground. But talk about stunning views. Absolutely really, amazing. Really fantastic. And the grounds are so massive. There's space for everyone. Yes. I, I highly doubt they'd ever put up a full sign. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, I agree. Mm. There was plenty of space and everybody was nicely spread out. The food was huge. The meals were great. Uh, you can do tasting paddles. There's an indoor playground, outdoor playground. There's a basketball court. They allow for $5 per day per swimmer to use the Olympic size oh, resort pool. Yeah. It's a 500-meter walk down to the white sands, literally, of the main beach here. I think it's called Four Mile Beach. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, wonderful. Put it on your list again. Another free experience worth doing. Absolutely. Great. All right. Out from White Sands, we're heading now to St. Helens. And we ended up there at what's referred to as the Quiet Alternative. Yes, it's the Big Four. There are a Mm. couple of caravan parks in St. Helens. The Big Four was great for us because they do cater for larger vans, Mm -hmm. big rigs. I mean, there was some big rigs in the Big Four. Um, What I really liked about this caravan park and we chose this for a few nights because we did have 
things that we relied on the internet for, getting that YouTube episode up and our podcast as well. So it's always great to find somewhere with really good internet. But what I loved about this park, we landed on what they call an evergreen site, which is basically an astroturfed, very well-maintained astroturfed Mm. site. And they were tiered with plenty of space. So it Certainly didn't feel like you were on top of each other. You know, a lot of these sorts of caravan parks, you can feel quite squeezed in. We had so much space here Mm. and Jasper loved being able to play out under the awning on the AstroTurf. It was just excellent. Have all of your normal and expected facilities. They even have a jumping pillow. Yes, which you enjoyed, didn't you? Oh my gosh, my hamstrings were screaming at me the next day. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, (laughs) more more jumping I think I need to do to get used to that. Probably. Um, Quite an interesting entry statement with a large, uh, no longer used, obviously, yacht that uh, meets you as you arrive. Mm. It's a good landmark, I think. Uh, Great kids' area, recreation room, and there's plenty of other accommodation facilities available within the park. Mm. Very good. I will say it was on the more expensive end of things. So after coming up the uh, East Coast and enjoying so many of those great free camps, it did hurt a little bit, um, even Mm. with our Big Four discount. So... You know, it's always interesting when you come into a caravan park and, and the prices are up there. But for us, we certainly need to do that every now and then to make sure that we've got good access to things. And it's always nice to plug in after being off grid for a little while as well to, uh, you know, have a really fantastic shower and, and make the most of the uh, the power and water. Okay, St. Helens, a quick run around there. There are a couple of IGAs here. Uh, in fact, the largest IGA that we've seen in Tassie, I would believe. Well, St. Helens is the largest town on the mm-hmm. East Coast, so it's the major hub. So really great and, again, an opportunity to support local Tasmanian businesses mm-hmm. that provide all the produce at the IGAs here. The IGA was great, actually. I could have spent way more money. Plenty of little cafes and restaurants. We grabbed a morning coffee from Raider Cafe, mm-hmm. which is next to a mountain bike hire. No, uh, Promodor. Oh, Providor. Providor. Yes. Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. Yes. Providor. Yeah, so that is pretty impressive as well. And that's right, then next to Giant St. Helens, world's leading mountain bike brand, mm. because St. Helens has become or becoming a world-class destination for mountain biking. Yeah, and interestingly, Derby, which is a little northwest of St. Helens, famously known here in Tassie as, I guess, the the mountain biking capital. Yeah, exactly. Um, St. Helens, we hear, is, is emerging and becoming you know, just as great and renowned as Derby is. And look, there was mountain bikers everywhere. And the the amount of people that said to us, gosh, you don't, you don't have to be a mountain biker to come and enjoy this, you know, where there's family-friendly trails, there's beginner trails. Mm. Even the big four had accommodation, bunkhouse-style accommodation to suit mountain bikers who are travelling specifically for that and services to pick you up and drop you off to the trailheads as well. Yeah, look, it's an industry that we're not even aware of Mm-mm. until we actually were in amongst it. Mm. Uh, and amazingly, 
a gentleman was walking past, uh, walking his dog actually, a local resident now, Richard, Rich, uh, hi mate if you're listening, and he yelled out, hey, feel good family, do you guys get around? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and, uh, and he actually manages the giant St. Helens and told us about this location and how it's emerging to be a world leader and certainly an Australian leader in the industry. So mm. he said, come back when Jasper's ready. We'll get you on some mountain bikes. You can hire mountain bikes from their store, and there are a couple of other stores in town too. So, yeah, if you don't have your own bike, you'll find somewhere that you can hire one from as well. Yeah, look, we really do need to get him on his on his bike. He hasn't been too keen since the uh, second training wheel came off, but I think yes. it would be a fabulous, fun thing to do together as a family. And some mm. of the footage uh, that we've seen of this area, I mean, the trails are stunning. It's literally yeah. through this incredible forest environment. So I think, yeah, the next dead, time around. Feel goods on their deadly treadleys. Ooh, look, look out. out. <laughs> hey, Jasper, Maybe I. not so feel good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So you've got all that armour on. Jasper and I then ducked across the road to St. Helens Barber, owned and operated by Natalie, who is a fellow Queenslander from the Gold Coast, in fact. Amazing. And uh, she gave us both a trim, took 10 years off me. Hey, Yeah. That's and made Jasper look like so grown up. It's it crazy. Did, it did. It was so well overdue. Anyways, then we uh, we hitched up and we headed out to Binalong Bay and Bay of Fires. Now, this is great. As you actually pull out of the main street of St. Helens, on the left-hand side, the direction that you are headed is a water station. Uh, it isn't a, 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 um, a rubbish point or anything like that. You need to go back to the foreshore along George's Bay, George's Bay, which is where all the restaurants, the fisheries mm. are as well, fish and chipperies. Uh, but, yeah, that's where you can dump your rubbish. But here, fill up your tanks with water if you need that for your camping yeah, it's a pretty great service that the um, I think it's called the Breaker Day Council have put in place mm-hmm. for RVs specifically going out here to camp along the Bay of Fires because there are so many free camps provided within this conservation area. We were mm-hmm. surprised at the number. Um, our tip would be check them out on Wiki Camps and make a decision based on what you're traveling in because mm-hmm. a lot of those free camps are much more suitable to uh, smaller vans, rooftop campers, tents, camp trailers, things like that. Mm-hmm. There are a couple that do accommodate larger caravans like ours and bigger rigs. So do your research, but there are plenty of options to choose from. Now, I've just looked at my notes and I realized some, I, I've missed a day trip that we did while at the ah. Big Four. So I'm going to give you the one-minute wrap-up of that. <laughs> Basically, we headed out to a place called Pine Ghana. Uh, now, there's a couple of reasons to head out here. It's within 35 minutes drives. Stunning countryside mm. drive. I mean, you know, these mountainous backdrop and then the rolling agricultural mm. farmland. It, it is just beautiful. Mm. And it was quite drizzly and rainy as we headed out and then the sun appeared. Mm-hmm. So it was you know, one of those perfect moments. We headed out there to visit another of Tasmania's short walks. It is called St. Columba Falls. As Jasper said in the video, it's the shortest walk I think the Feel Good family's ever done. It's only 600 metres and that's one way. And it's down to look at a spectacular waterfall that's over 90 metres high, Mm -hmm. currently... uh, 
a water flow of, I think it was 42,000 litres per minute mm-hmm. in the winter or after the rain that we've just experienced here, up to 200,000 litres per minute. Mm-hmm. It's quite amazing, spectacular and all tiered and we loved it. It was really beautiful and that 600 metre walk through the rainforest yeah. in itself was spectacular. So green, so vibrantly green and I read Mm. again when I was doing my research this is one of the places in Australia where you will see some of the tallest tree ferns growing and we did it was absolutely stunning magical environment a great one to do with kids or if you're after a beautiful natural experience without all that effort to get there this is an Excellent short walk to do. Great point. Incredible reward for minimal mm-hmm. effort. Look, on the way back, we stopped in at the Pine Garner Dairy, mm-hmm. which is quite unique. It's a robotic dairy. In fact, it was the first dairy in Australia to implement this robotic system where the cows literally come in and get milked by the machines without any human required. Mm. They've got an excellent cafe and store on site where you can go and pick yourself up some of their famous uh cheddar that they're known for around Australia. Very good vintage farmhouse. Yes, you can grab yourself a beautiful meal. We indulged in some ice cream, some Atazzi's Best ice cream, um, but well worth a stop and that would be our choice if you're headed out for a day trip. Stop there, have some lunch, take in this beautiful countryside. Yeah, fantastic experience. Katie actually saw one of their giant, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it, matured cheese wheels mm-hmm. said we could hit our way around Tasmania we could just roll it and eat as we go yeah definitely love it I think so I mean we literally are eating our way around Tasmania <laughs> but I thought why not add a cheese wheel to that we just take a little bit off each time we pull up somewhere else all right back to where we were just a minute ago and that is on our way after our water station fill up for our tanks on our van to Binalong Bay and to the Bay of Fires, the start of the Bay of Fires. Now, I rated Binalong Bay's natural swimming holes as the best that we have seen Mm. in Tassie. Amazing and safe for families, Mm. shallow, still tidal, crystal clear water. Mm. Backdrop is their iconic orange Granite boulders. Mm, Lichen-covered. Lichen-covered boulders. I'm liking it. Yes. And we then, look, we, we before we found this campsite, uh, which is known as North Cozy Beach. Cozy Corner. Oh, sorry. Cozy Corner. That's it. Uh, we had done a bit of a recce over the weekend. It was a long weekend mm. because of the Hobart Regatta, which meant being only, you know, less than three hours drive away. This place was chockers with campers. Uh, we drove in and drove around and we went to all the different campgrounds along this stretch of Bay of Fires to see where we could, one, fit, two, we liked, you know, what did it look like. Mm-hmm. And if we get in, how can we get the, turn the van around? <laughs> yes, if there's not anything available, will we be able to get out? <laughs> That's right. And so we'd already done the recce and North Cozy Corner Beach was our choice. And if you actually do a bit of Googling and wiki, uh, camps and online, it probably rates as the most popular. Mm. I think too because of its location on the beach, it's pitted as as a very uh, family friendly 
safe beach to mm. go. Now, not safe in the sense of it's certainly not patrolled and I think you'd have to pick your moments for swimming as well. But because of the way that these incredible lichen-covered granite boulders are placed within the beach area here up at Cozy Corner North, it does create some safer swimming areas, mm. again, some rock pools. So I think that's also why it's favoured. And because it does have sites available for you to be able to pull your rig of our size in. The, the coastline here is spectacular mm. and there are no patrolled beaches. Uh, so you'd want to be very confident in your swimming ability. Um, there was plenty of swell, plenty of rips. Mm. It was pretty rugged. The weather was pretty yeah. rugged when we were there. And then we got one absolute perler of a day. Mm. So we had everything, didn't we? We did, yeah. Yeah, so we saw it in in all of its almost seasonal changes within a few days. Mm. And uh, there are drop toilets there, but you really do have to be self-contained. We landed an awesome site. Mm. Yes. Um, Make sure you've got your levelling blocks with you. That's a good little tip from us. Mm -hmm. And also be prepared, be prepared to... Except that by 4 p.m. in the afternoon, you will probably have motorhomes and camper vans parked on you, top of you. You in or on top of you. <laughs> you're like, hang on a second, where's what are you doing? Where's my view or where's my, you know, where's my space? It, look, it is what it is. Mm. I think camping etiquette out the window yeah. because people need a space and they're normally gone by seven the next morning. Mm. So, yeah, kind of get over it and get on with it. I'm wondering if that's where the name comes from, Cozy Corner, because you do get a little cozy with your neighbours. But to be fair, beautiful camping spot, free camping spot in one of, well, I mean, this place, this Bay of Fires was named by Lonely Planet as one of the world's best destinations. So you can understand why people flock here and want to have an experience here. Yes. Now, the misconception, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, around the name Bay of Fires. Yes, that's right. Well, even, I mean, I thought Bay of Fires referred to these brilliant orange lichen-covered granite boulders. You just associate that immediately with the name. That is not the case, however. It was Captain Tobias Furneau. Now, Good memory. Yes, I don't recall the year, but we're going well, well back when... 1773. There you go. When he and his team were out on their expedition exploring this part of Tasmania's coast. And from the ocean, looking back to the shore, they saw quite a number of fires, campfires lit along this Bay of Fires area. They were lit by the traditional owners, the Aboriginal people who, of course, had been living here for many, 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 many years. And that made him believe that this part of the country was densely populated. He named the bay the Bay of Fires after literally the fires that were lit across the bay. And I think what's happened over time is that name started to be associated with these orange-coloured boulders. So it fits perfectly But there you go, a little bit of trivia. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Uh, We absolutely loved this location. Mm. I think it was incredibly quiet at night. You can camp here for up to 28 days Mm -hmm. in a row. Yep. We did joke that a few of the the locals looked like they'd been (laughs) camping there for 28 years in a row. Um, But 
beautiful quiet spot, as you said, Paul, felt very safe. They may not have been locals, but they're certainly locals now. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We came for one night. And never left. Mm. (laughs) No, really, really beautiful. And look, to be fair, if, if the weather was better for us and we did have a few more days up our sleeves, we would certainly have stayed and played a little longer. All right. Let's wrap up our travel part of this week's episode. Let's talk about our takeaway. And the takeaway really came about because of this particular trip. Mm -hmm. Uh, We stayed at free campsites and the takeaway is slow down. Mm. It amazes us how fast people drive in and out of campgrounds even once they've set up and with kids you know they quite often aren't aware so i think as adults we need to be more aware Mm. particularly around uh traffic but with the beach just there and kids just thinking i'm just going to go there to build sandcastles or i'm going to run and play over there on Mm -hmm. the sand dune and I mean, yeah, it amazed us. And you could see, particularly families, you know, parents yelling out to people, slow down, what are you doing? What are you, you know, but there's limited space. There's all these reasons that we can actually justify and we understand, mm. you know, there's a lot of campus have limited time. Um, they're, they're, they're trying to get a space. Mm. They're just thinking about the, their end position. They're mm. not thinking about whether there's kids, you know. Mm. Look, we actually experienced this at every campsite in this particular stretch. We experienced people driving mm. in and out of White Sands. White Sands was phenomenal. Very I mean, quickly. We saw staff there right, driving in at 80 kilometres an hour. Mm. I mean. E- and at, even at uh, St amazing. Helens at the Caravan Park, yeah. uh, we saw people driving in and out super quickly. So just a good reminder. I mean – a good reminder for life, right? Just slow down, just slow down, yeah. take it easy. But particularly in these free camps where there are kids running around and anybody really, you know, you come mm. for a peaceful environment. So just, yeah, take a breath. Yeah, I think so. And it was a good reminder for us as well. We got yelled at, I got yelled at, I should say, at uh, 1770. We we're fairly green. We'd started and we were running late to exit the park. Mm. And I drove in there fairly quickly and this lady came out and she just yelled at me and I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm. You know, so I get it. I get how you lose your, you know, you, you're only focused on your process. You're not really thinking about everything else. Anyways, yeah. slow down. Good takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's look at the newsroom just briefly. Uh we couldn't go past, you know, following up on this. Mm. We've got so many friends and family that have been affected and and people who follow us that are, are in a world of pain at the moment, mm. dealing with the flooded properties, loss of property. I mean, there's loss of life. It's, it's, it is hard to fathom when we're miles away down here on the little island, what's happening on the big island, mm-hmm. uh, now hitting New South Wales, Sydney, being evacuated, um, unprecedented, you know, weather event, one in 500 years or something. I mean, it's hard to imagine really until you're looking at those pictures and we just – we just wanted to stop for a minute and just add our thoughts to this part of it and just say, please be safe. Mm, yes, absolutely. And, you know, just take the advice and, and if you can get to high ground or stay dry and, and stay out of these areas, then, you know, if you're in your RV, then absolutely do that. And for those of you that are being evacuated, we're just sending our, our thoughts and our love and, you know, well wishes that this will pass. 
quickly and we all know that what comes after the flood is a, is a major clean-up process um, that, you know, will take lots of energy lots of, and lots, lots of, of hands. Yes, exactly, and lots of money too and we really are just sending our our best wishes and our thoughts to everybody who's currently in the middle of this incredible weather event. Yes, we can't wait to actually get back to Queensland in the near future. Um, yeah, we're missing our family, aren't we? Spoiler alert. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we are missing them, especially during times like this. Absolutely. All right. We will move on next week. Drum roll, please. Katie's birthday. Mm, gosh, here we go. Another lap. <laughs> Around <laughs> we go. Bucket list. Katie's number one Tasmanian bucket list mm. location is Cradle Mountain. We'll be visiting there. We've got a road trip actually that's starting in Lonnie, Launceston. We're locals now, Dale. We've been in Tassie long enough. Lonnie. You're not allowed to say Launceston. No, we, so, were, we were warned very early yeah, on. Yeah, the locals will get you, they said to us. So make sure you say Launceston. Yes. Yes, so we, we've got that, Lonnie. And a quite a surprise of an experience for all of us that we loved. So we'll, we'll leave that as a surprise for you as well. That will be coming up in next week's episode. We're calling that one the Central North Tassie Road Trip, Launceston to Cradle Mountain. Oh, so awesome. So good. All right, I think it is time for us to wrap up. I'll get the music going. Here we go. Ha, dream big. Look after yourself. Look after your family. And happy trails. Happy trails.